my signal looks a bit shit. Is it all right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, let me find the flipping questions, Anthony. Right, do you want me to ask the first one? Right, I will do. Um, I'm going to ask some of my clients to audit my social media to see if my content speaks to them. Do you have any advice for how I should go about this? What specific feedback should I be looking for? Good question. Um, okay. I think, first of all, relate to your clients when they were starting with you or just before. I think that's a, so make it reflective um, because obviously if, they're, if they've been with you a certain amount of time, then they're probably further on in their journey than the people that you're trying to attract. So that's the first thing. So I'd always use it as kind of the bulk of it is like more reflective. Um, uh, I think definitely um, be curious about what types of things they've done in the past to try and help them achieve what they want. Um, I think that so questions around that. I think questions around um why those things didn't particularly work for them um i think the challenges and barriers that they faced while trying to achieve their goal any barriers or fears of actually working with a coach um why they chose you what stood out to them what attributes did you present um how did they find out about, about you, about your business? Um, what made them have confidence in buying into your business? So I think all that beginning part, those questions, those five, six areas, I think are really crucial. That is obviously going to directly enable you to kind of create some content um, back out to attract those people at that time. Um, <clears throat> and then I also think that, you know, social proof, of what, how they've, how you've helped them overcome those challenges, those barriers, you know, what was the difference between what the biggest kind of impact you've had on them, um, both from a physical and emotional standpoint. And I think that collecting those pieces, I think, um, are going to be the best piece of feedback can help them spit back into your social media and your, your marketing. <coughs> um, how do you go about it? I think, Yes, yes, do a do a form, um, do an online form. Um, make sure that the context in front of the form, like why you're asking these questions, what it's going to do, why you want it, speak to them as well individually, maybe get them to fill it out at the end of a session as well. So you're not just kind of constantly messaging them or, or emailing them um, is a good tactic. And then the way you set up your questions, I think, is going to be important in regards to not so much the, well, yes, the questions, you want them to be open, but then what you also want to do is lead them to give you great, um, great feedback. So I think these types of questions, not all of them, or these types of answers, if you give them multiple choice, there is a statement as they're speaking it. I think that gives you great, great kind of context and feedback and it speaks their language. So it gives, gives you more detail on that. 
Um, so yeah, most of the time give options and then give a space to add any more context. Um, yeah, anything else? No, nope, absolutely not. Next question. Uh, how many times per week would you say is enough for using polls, question boxes and stories? Do you think this is dependent on your audience size? I don't think it depends on audience size at all. Um, I think you do it as as much as as much as you can, basically. Like I don't think there's any blueprint to turn around and say that you must do X, Y and Z. I think the more interaction that you can get and more engagement that you can get, the better it's going to be for you. So if you can create several questions or have a part of your week where you create several questions where it creates an opportunity to ask a poll or get specific in the question box, then I would do it as much as you possibly can, um, personally. And as long as you can keep up to it, like I, I've not once done a question box this year um, because in the end of last year, I was putting them up and not getting back to the majority of people and answering the majority of questions because I just didn't factor that time into my week. Um, yeah, so this year I've just not done it at all. Um, and that's just my preference. I still do the odd poll here and there that gets me having conversations with people um, because I know it works. It's just very, very simple to start to engage with people via message off the back of it. So um, can you still get inquiries and stuff about them? Absolutely, if you're consistent and you're creating conversations and you're being smart with your socials. But I think it's important to check your own work capacity and going right okay well, where can I fit it into my week to keep me consistent because I can't stay consistent with that at this moment in time um, and that you might get like that so I think it's just if you think it's a really important part of you getting interaction engagement interaction and all of that type of stuff like I said um, factor it into your week and do it as much as you possibly can because it works when you do definitely doesn't depend on audience size um, next one I will struggle to collect I still struggle to collect basic metrics, i.e. measurements, photos, weights with some online one-to-one -one clients. I've spoke about why we do it and the benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They are paying and staying with me. So I can't complain really, but I want to obviously get them results. Any advice? Uh, yeah, two parts. First part is... Um, Almost, I think this is not like probably the monthly review is an opportunity for this. Um, realign with their goals, you know, a simple question of how they are going to measure their success and failure is going to be an important one that will set you up because some people just won't want to do it and that's fine. Um, I think give them context behind the different measurements and what they mean because someone might be, most times people avoid measuring or or reporting in because they feel like they've not done good enough or they've failed or something like that so they're avoiding that feedback so again i think the education behind it how they're measuring the success um which is aligning with their goal is going to be the first standing point starting point sorry and then the second thing is like how they do it and are they competent in doing measurements and weight and whatever metrics you're looking for um how often what the importance is and then the software i think that you use for them to then report in so if you've got like pt software like most of them have it which is great um if you're using kind of google docs you know have you walked people through how to use it are they competent in using that um you know, when it comes to photos, are the, have you given guidelines on that? 
So again, with measurements, et cetera. So I think you've got two parts of this. You've got context, the meaning, how they're measuring the success, being client-centered around it, and then the competence as well. And just create autonomy around the whole thing um, is what I'd say. Long question. I feel like I spend a lot of time adding value to current clients and not as much on generating leads. How should you balance your time between this? I wonder if I find myself doing more and more for current clients as I want to make sure they don't do not leave me. However, I know I won't be able to continue in this way for a higher number of clients. How can you ensure you provide great value without taking away from your time too much? That's a cracking question, that is. It's a cracking question. Um, and I suppose it's a question that most personal trainers can relate to. Um, and yeah, that fear of you're probably right, you've hit the nail on the head that you, you're probably doing more and more for clients because of the fear of them leaving you because you haven't got consistent leads coming into the business. So it's fixing that and finding a balance. Um, how should you find a balance? I think personally that you should have set ways of working what aren't moved um, within your week where, and you have, this is where you have to start to see yourself as a business owner and have a part of your week where you've got consistent time for marketing that feeds then into lead generation, whether that's two, three, four hours a week of planning. And then the proactive element is on the gym floor or, um, having conversations over messages on social media and all that type of stuff. But to find the balance, you, I'm dictating a bit, but you must have designated marketing time within your week. And I would go as far to say that's probably going to be about four hours minimum that, it, that, that should be designated just for marketing, for planning and applying that marketing. And that's without the, <clears throat> the gym floor interaction. Um, and then you should also have set time in your week for that client experience piece, where if that's messaging clients, making sure they're okay, whether it's adding a webinar into the client group, whether it's doing a live Q&A, whether it's spending longer on check-ins, like only you will know that. Um, so I would say, how do you find the balance? Really, it's having set ways of working on them things. Like the things that you should have set ways of working on is definitely marketing and sales. Um your tracking of your business, that should be set within your week. Your scheduling should be set within your week. Your client experience should be set within your week. Your programming and your check-ins, they should be fixed, in my opinion, and not budged too much. Like, like they're a consistent client, you should view it on the same level and same terms. So, yeah, that would be my advice. I think it's a natural process to go through. Everyone goes for it. Most PTs avoid marketing, um, and we enjoy that client experience piece a lot because then it aids in retention um but yeah I, you need to find time consistent time in your week for just marketing alone so then the leads are coming in and you feel less insecure about losing clients it doesn't mean that you're going to give clients less um it's just that you're finding a better balance to be able to manage it all so that's what i would say anything you'd add nick <laughs> What are the or your considerations with regards to increasing the price point for a service or services? When to do it, how to do it, any other considerations? Okay. So it's two. Well, first of all, in my personal opinion is that the price 
price increases as the value increases. Um, that doesn't mean you just add more in, like you whack a recipe book in and you increase your price and it's like, like tangible stuff that is going to impact and enhance results or the experience for your clients. Um, so as an example, that might be that, you know, you've done your programming on Excel for the last two years and you've invested into uh, PT software, which can enhance the experience of your clients in their programming, their understanding, in their um, accountability, et cetera, which is going to then correlate to, we would assume, better results, right? So that would be one of the one of the considerations, for example. You know, if you are um, doing more personalized feedback to your clients off the back of their check-ins versus a WhatsApp or versus no um, feedback. And again, so I think the way that I would go about it, first of all, is weigh up like um, what, your, what your service consistently um, um, yeah, consists of. Then I would do feedback from my clients, similar to what we spoke about um, previously, but maybe a little bit more in depth about the service you provide and what they want more of and what they want to see more of. And then correlate that into then building your service out to match those needs and wants of your clients. From that then, correlate that to how much more time you'd need to invest into each client, which will give you your price point or your increased price point. Now that might be significant, and if you're increasing your price point significant, significantly, you do obviously less often. Um, so that's the first point. How you would present that is then think about like, okay, look at all your clients, who's likely to, who's been with you a really, really long time, don't really want much more of the service right now. Um, and actually could probably benefit from dropping down to a, um, lower tiered service with a small group PT, whether it's online, whether it's hybrid. And so what you can do when you position your new price point, you can give people an option to obviously increase and go up to the new service and the new price point or go down to a lower tier price point service, which is like small group or hybrid or whatnot. So you're always giving people an option and you can talk through that with them. So that's the first option. Um, I would look at. Second option is you increase your pricing minimally, but more frequently, like every 12 months. So that just might mean that you increase your price point by £5, um, £10 per client per month. Um, now, that might not sound like a lot, but if you're doing that, you've got 20 clients, you do that £10 per client per month, it's 200 quid per month extra. Do the maths on that, it's over 2.5k and check my maths, a year, give or take. So you might just do that year on year, um, you know, three years down the line, you're seven and a half grand up a year. Four years down the line, you're 10 grand up a year. Now, if you relate that to percentage of wage increase or annual income increase, that's pretty damn good. Um, so there's two different tactics on it. And then the only thing I would add into this is how you communicate that is gonna be really important, giving them time to understand the benefits, chat through, choose a different option if they want to, um, get used to how, if you're changing the price point, insert the service, et cetera, et cetera. Anything to add? No. Absolutely nothing to add, Nick. There is, whoever that is, there is going to be 
a price increase webinar coming out in the next week or so. Love that. Love that. Um, my gym is full of PTs and looking to hire a few more. My gym presence is limited due to looking after child while wife works and then having my sessions. But I've scheduled in time around 10 hours a week to be present on the gym floor. How can I better utilize my time on the gym floor and not be just another PT to the members, but become the obvious choice to work with out of all of the others? I think, first of all, um, do your best to forget that the gym's bringing in other PTs um, because it, if you're proactive enough, it genuinely not, will never affect your business because most PTs, and I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off here, but fuck it. Most PTs can't stay consistent with helping people on the gym floor. So being just another PT um, is more so your opinion and not members' opinions. Um, so all I would say is that if you want to be that PT that is consistently helping people and going out of your way and approachable and, and supporting people on the gym floor and adding value and all of that, just do that consistently because then you'll stand out above and beyond any other PT in the gym because most PTs haven't got the backbone to be doing that in a consistent way. So yeah, just find confidence in the fact that if you're showing up consistently in the hours that you want to fill, you will already be seen as not just another PT, if that makes sense. So hopefully that gets rid of that kind of belief. In terms of getting the biggest bang for your buck in that time is making sure that you're doing it in the hours that you want to fill. And in my opinion, what you want to do is really understand what your market want and need and bring a lead magnet to life. Um, that's going to data collect quite a bit in a short space of time. So things like surveys work really well with that program giveaways, food diary giveaways, um, health checks to a point because some of them can, can last quite long. So if you want to do volume, then you might want to do something a little bit quicker. Um, so you might grab people from, let's say, the cardio area of the gym and put them through some little mini groups, small, small group sessions there and then. Um, there's so much that you can do to get the biggest bang for your buck. Um, and also you might do something within the gym where some secondary marketing that pulls some leads. So whatever you're doing, whether it's a program giveaway, whether it's a five-day challenge, seven-day challenge, whether you're doing these mini group sessions or anything like that, you might leave a pop-up banner there and stuff and people can scan a QR code and, uh, and book in for whatever it is that you're doing or get whatever it is that you're, you're giving away. So there's a million and one things that you could do and they all work. Um, but all I would say is that align whatever it is that you want to need in terms of volume of clients and volume of leads and in the hours that you want to fill, just get after it. And if you do that in a consistent way, it doesn't matter. You, Peter, your gym could have 30 PTs. It's still got the best part of 5,000 members, this gym. So like, you've still, it's still not competitive. So all I would say, sorry. All I would say is be as proactive as possible in them hours um, and bring something to life that A, can deal with volume of, of getting volumes of leads and B, can keep you consistent. Anything you'd add? Mm -mm. Do you have any ideas for a competition for a private health club? I was thinking of either guess the calories or something like a beat the trainer where I'll set a workout on time and whoever beats it wins a free PT session. That's the first question of two. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, oh, anything wait, to... Wait a minute, actually. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Is a free PT session enough of an incentive to enter? Do you think it's then a good idea to get email addresses and build up an email sequence around it? Apologies for multiple questions. It's okay. It's all right. Just fucking, I didn't see them. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the competition, whether it's beta trainer, whether it's a, a timed workout, whether it's a challenge, um, yeah, anything to drive up a bit of banter and excitement and a bit of a buzz around the gym is going to be great. Um, especially generally with a private health club, they're smaller kind of gyms. So you can build like a bit of a, um, bit of a buzz a little bit easier rather than a huge kind of 20,000 foot uh, gym. Do I think a free PT session is enough of an incentive to enter? Um, I no, in my opinion, no. I think I think you've got to give something of really high perceived value. Um, whether that's giving away a month's worth of coaching, that doesn't have to be face to face. It could be, you know, a bit of a hybrid approach. Um, it's just got to get people, it's got to create the perceived um high perceived value. And I think you know, a free PT session, it's kind of like quite general and it's quite, well, I'm not sure about your private club, but it's been done to death a little bit. So I think something of high perceived value would really, really be great. Um, and yes, definitely everybody who enters, you got to enter, you got to give uh, email so that then you can then um, post the results, create a bit of banter, um, you could even do maybe a couple of identify questions on male, female, age range, um, goal, how many times I work out, experience. So then you can kind of, you could tailor some of the content towards those people as well. Um, so 100% on the email sequence, absolutely. Um, how long would you do it for? Depends on the challenge. Um, I would say, You could do it kind of, you could do it over the course of a month. I wouldn't say longer, but if you want to be a bit more aggressive with it, you know, 14 days would be, would be great. Just to hit the gym floor, do it with as many people as you can over a 14 day period. So it keeps people in, um, keeps it in people's minds. And then you can obviously release the winner and then remark it to everybody, all the leads you've created. Anything to add? No, no, no. No, no. Next question. Can you create a zap onto the, the app you're using when someone has signed up? I haven't got a fucking clue, if I'm honest. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. Um, I would suggest... I would suggest looking at Zapier and seeing if it syncs with the majority... I'm guessing you mean a training app. I doubt it, but I don't know the answer for definite. Do you, Nick? You could probably create a zap from the payment software that is linked to your PT software. Um, so if you're using Stripe and someone buys through on whatever you're using, trainerize, whatever, obviously that will that payment goes through Stripe or go cardless. So you could probably create a zap for every 
person who uh, buys through the app, Data Creators app, then to do whatever you want to do, whether it's send them emails or or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think you probably could, but probably not directly onto trainer's eyes, but probably through the payment software it uses. Trainer eyes, Nick. Trainer eyes. Yeah, that one as well. Um, tell you the person to ask. Email Joel Mc. No, message Joel McNee on Instagram. He'll be able to tell you whoever asked that question. Um, yeah, he'll be able to tell you. Next question. When you fell behind with coursework, whether it be mentorship, let me click on that, or anything else, what is the best way that you found to overcome the anxiety and overwhelm that comes with it? I find that this is what stops me most, stops me the most and almost leaves me paralyzed as I'm never able to catch up. In this scenario, I would say um, talk to us because what we can probably do is help you prioritize that workload um, a little bit easier. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it's prioritizing things. I think it's go, and that's a quite an obvious answer to be fair, but um, if it's, if it's a coursework for, for ours, then talk to us because we will really help you kind of focus in on what's important to you right now um that's the first thing if it's a if it's a different course um again i would talk to the course tutor or or whoever's running that course and have the same conversation um otherwise you're never going to well it's really hard to get past that kind of barrier of just having all these things to do not knowing what to do first because you're a week behind on that and now you've got something else released and you need to focus on that. And so I would definitely say, talk to the people who are running the course um, or mentorship and um, enable them to help you prioritize it because in the moment you're paralyzed by that. I don't know what to do first because there's so much. That's what I'd say. Anything else on that? No, I think sometimes there's value in just doing the first thing that's on the pad and building momentum from there. But you're right, you've got to communicate because, um, yeah, in a lot of cases, whether it's us or whether it's something else, um, but nine times, well, we'll definitely help you out. I'm not sure you'll get that same help anywhere else, if I'm honest, Nick. Do you? Mm -mm. Um, yeah, so we will absolutely help you prioritize things. But in a lot of ways, sometimes you just, if you've got a list of things and once you prioritize them, just doing the first thing and build the momentum from there. But speak to us if it's us. Um, next question, you or is, is it Clients, oh. holidays. Might have asked this before, but the answer still escapes me. Sorry. Would it be right to say that the service continues unless they cancel it as they still have access to everything? So payment, et cetera, continues kind of like leasing a car you still have it whether you use it or not cheers sugar tits i don't even know who, i don't even need to see who asked that question like i already know <laughs> uh, right so yeah essentially yes like they have access to everything um apart from obviously the pt sessions now if you've already articulated from point of sale that you've incorporated um your holidays into the payment so say, for example, you've used the example of the five-week month thing where 
every quarter you are factoring in a week off for you and it's incorporated into the price whether you're coaching them or not like it's factored into the price already if you've not gone away in them three months and that person goes away it's factored into the payment anyway um, so answer to the question, yes, there's also that what I've just spoke about. And if the client is away any further, you may drop them to an online coaching price um, whilst they're away for that week, which probably means you'll lose 25 to 50 quid maximum for a week um, of them not coming into the business. But personally, like if you're delivering and pricing for the service and you're articulating that holiday process from point of sale, the way you have described that question, it, it stands as it is. So you've kind of answered your own question, really. But but yes. Anything you'd add, Nicholas? Michael? No, no. Cara's giving us an angry face. Cara's give us a hang. And she's just mentioned mentioned. And she's just mentioned us in the store in a story on Instagram. Let me see what she's put. What's she want here? Oh no. And not a lot of banter. Well, that's not very fucking nice, is it? She says, we haven't got a lot of banter, Nick. It's not a fucking comedy show. It's a fucking live Q&A, hun. Do you know what I mean? Come here for comedy. Come on. Um, any questions in the chat? Apart from Matthew Talbot being fucking, he's getting on your back there, isn't he? About our feedback. Still got about three and a half weeks for me to give it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's been a bit fucking cheeky, isn't he? This lad. Won't mind, but he's he's fucking put a video in the group. It's like a Netflix series. <laughs> fucking seventeen minutes long, Matthew. <laughs> um, got a call with him now. No. No, we haven't this week. No. Next week. Yeah. Right then, people. Good one. That some really good questions actually. Top top questions. Enjoyed it. You go and have a coffee, Nick. All right? Yep. See you in a bit. Bye.